Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Considered, we were a bit down on the team after they'd gotten blanked by, you know, uh, parent Cy Young Award winner Jorge Lopez, the Orioles, last time out. But thanks to some pretty good starts by rookie Luis Heal and some nice comeback victories against the Mariners, they went five and two in the last week. Yeah, um, it's been a pretty good week of Yankees baseball as far yeah. as the actual on-field results are concerned. Yeah, <laughs> you have <me> out there. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I should say, as always, me, Andrew, that's Kunj. What's up? We're here Hello. again. <laughs> Here we are. Yeah, but uh, the series against the Orioles turned out fine. Obviously, you'd like to sweep the Orioles at any possible opportunity, but the 2021 Yankees don't sweep, so they'll have to settle for blowing them out in the last two games and making them wonder what the hell they were doing against Jorge Lopez. <laughs> yeah, after an ugly 7-1 to one loss to the Orioles, like it'd be one thing if you just lost like one nothing, 2-1, whatever, where like the offense just didn't show up fine you lose seven to one to the o's like you should feel bad about yourselves but then you come back to score them 23 to four in the next two games i'll take it i guess good good comeback there yeah yeah they, they did exactly what they were supposed to do so you know right. good destroy them yeah whenever you face the orioles pitching you should destroy them and that's that first game i'm still very convinced that this team has terrible sleeping habits or whatever the hell it is because there's got to be something going on but if you're going to come back and bounce back to do that and, you know, do exactly what, you know, the Yankees offense should be doing against the Orioles pitching, then I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, DJ needs to just get off the TikTok at 3 a.m. So that's all it is, right? <laughs> DJ just like, if somebody's just knocking on his door and DJ's just like, into the thick of it. Yes. Second week in a row, I've made that reference. So now I'm going to make sure it's a reference every week. It's what the listeners want, right? Yes, Absolutely. Yes. They want me, they want me, Kunshad, referencing TikTok. Of course. 
And the the Mariners series ended up going pretty well, even though we noted they had to use Andrew Heaney in one of them and a complete bullpen game on Friday, which was, I am amazed that they won that game with Wandy Peralta starting and then just the bullpen cast of characters trying to keep the Yankees in, in it, even though they weren't really scoring. Yeah, obviously, it, it's honestly just was a phenomenal performance by the bullpen in that game. And like, yeah, the Andrew Heaney, like, you know, in the beginning of that game, it looked like, oh, God, this is just going to be one of those un- another ugly loss that we're just going to have to deal with because A, Andrew Heaney started this game and B, the offense was just not doing anything. But, you know, Heaney came back to pitch a relatively respectable game for what Andrew Heaney is capable of as a pitcher. Yeah. He did. At first, he had the Mitre of the Week honors all locked up, but then, you know, he came back, hung in the game, gave the bullpen a rest, which was very important considering how much they had worked the night before, 11 innings of two-run ball. So that allowed the Yankees to come back and win that game. So kudos to Andrew Heaney. Didn't expect to say that, but there you go. Yeah, like I pretty much resigned myself to the fact that Andrew Heaney's going to give up four runs at least whenever he's pitching for the Yankees. Um, the amount of innings he pitches, whether he does that in like one or two innings or like five or six is going to make or break whether or not he's just annoying or God awful. So he was just annoying, which is fine. That's exactly what I expected of Andrew, Andrew Heaney. Yeah, I will settle that's, for that, that's his ceiling. I will settle for just annoying against a team that's actually a playoff contender. Right. <laughs> Somehow we, we, we can go into another time why how the Mariners have hung in it but maybe they will not be hanging in it for much longer probably not I feel like Jerry DePoto just like destroyed that team's clubhouse chemistry with his trade deadline moves but yeah DePoto gonna DePoto yeah fortunately not the team that we have to worry about so (laughs) no no we say that now Um, but then the Mariners will get off on a run and then they'll knock the Yankees out of the wild card game so you know we'll see will they no probably not I mean, some other team might do that, but I doubt it's the Mariners. Yeah, it, honestly, it'd be like us saying that about the Twins at this point. So, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, overall, good series against Seattle. They won three of four. I guess asking for a four-game sweep was too much, but, you know, yeah. the, day game and, the day game and the sweep demons came back, but at least heel was fun. Oh man, Luis Hill, what a what a revelation he's been in the past week. Sadly, the last episode came out. We recorded it before the Luis Hill start, which is a bit of a shame because Luis Hill shoved against the Orioles, which I mean, yes, yeah. the Orioles, but still he he's a, a rookie. He's their top pitching prospect, but he had gotten shelled in AAA in his last time out. So the possibility was still there for him to just be kind of whatever. And instead he just did a really good job and he followed it up again on Sunday against the Mariners. So kudos yeah definitely i mean to kind of just not know that you're going to make your first big league start it wasn't anything that was planned or whatever but shit just hit the fan for the yankees so you know he was just called up in an emergency situation and he delivered and earned himself a second start which even again that second start against uh, seattle which is significantly better team or at least more capable team than the orioles i'd I should say he pitched well against them too extending his scoreless inning streak so probably earned himself a third start whether or not he gets to make it or or not we'll see but he's definitely at least earned the third start yeah it seems like if he keeps going through starts and not giving up runs then you gotta put him out there and like i even i like i love nestor's weirdly good starts but like right now i mean they still look like they might be on track to start a bullpen game on wednesday so there's a spot open anyway but uh, even if like both cole and montgomery come back soon you might have to find a spot a way for heel to stay in this rotation if he keeps doing this i mean again we're we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because it's just two starts but if he's succeeding you can't just yank him out 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting him to come out and just never allow a run for the rest of his career. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. But hey, Rude. cool if he wants to do that. <laughs> I won't discourage him from doing that. I just, I just don't think it's necessarily going to happen. But yeah, I mean, just the state of this rotation, which we'll get into in a little bit, but you already mentioned Cole and Montgomery. Uh, well, we talked about them last week too. They're out. Domingo Armand is out. So there's definitely opportunity and room for him to be in the rotation and pitch. Hopefully he could just keep it up and keep doing what he's been doing. Absolutely. Right now, as we talked about, I think last week, the de facto ace is James Tyon. And again, he put in a very, very fine start against the Mariners. He'll get the start tonight against the Royals. And hopefully by the time this post, we'll have been singing the praises of another good Tyone outing, but we'll see. And um, other than that, it's bleak right now <laughs> for who's going to actually be making these starts because he needs to roll the dice. Uh, Nestor Cortez is Nestor Cortez, which is its own up and down wild experience, but one that maybe won't continue. Then you got bullpen game and it's just... It's, it's not great. And there's a perfect opportunity for a guy like Heal to take these starts. Hey, if you ask the uh, Somerset Patriot, Paul, they're ready to have Severino come back up ready. Oh, he, looks re- uh, he looks ready. But, Speaking yeah, of I mean, dudes who I'm excited about, I mean, if obviously still probably a couple starts away. He definitely has at least one still scheduled. And after that, they'll reassess. But if they could get uh, Luis Severino back in their rotation, then it could be pretty good. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah, right. Luis Severino, good at pitching. Mm. Yes, I've heard this. Yeah, and I mean, it'd, it'd be nice to see him come back or whatever. But like you said, it's still at least one start away. And, you know, he just started um, yesterday. So on, on so Sunday. he just started on the 8th Sunday for Somerset. So, you know, you're still at least going into next week without him coming back. And that'd be probably at the earliest. So, yeah, I mean, he is just in it right now, which is fine. And, you know, they're just going to keep sending him down and calling him up as a replacement player so they don't have to worry about any 40 man moves or anything like that they can just they don't have to wait the 10 days for that which is nice too so they can you know get an extra arm or pitter up for whatever yeah but yeah he's been it's just been really fun to watch this uh like a young prospect um, come up and do this because it feels like it's been a little bit since that happened yeah and i mean the whole this whole week like outside of, like obviously Hill did a good job and he probably deserved most of our attention this week but like the pitching overall was pretty good like outside that loss to the, the Orioles on Monday last week they didn't allow more than four, four runs in a game all week obviously Hill has been great Stephen Ridings came out of nowhere and Stephen been, Ridings man what the hell is that all about he's just been amazing <laughs> he's had three appearances um the first one he struck out three batters in the inning the second one he uh, had four outs no strikeouts and then his last inning also again on Sunday Three strikeouts in an inning again. So, uh, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Take- Speaking of like Luis Hill, he keeps throwing scoreless outings. He's going to keep his spot on the roster. I don't think you can get Stephen Ridings out of this bullpen if he keeps dominating like this. Because it's not even just like throwing scoreless innings. It's the way he's doing it, too. And this is just a revelation, honestly. And I know that the bullpen has been honestly pretty exceptional for the past week or so even without uh, a role Chapman who went on the injured list he's gonna keep that spot and I don't know who exactly goes out to keep his spot once the uh, replacements are back but I don't see any way that he take writings out of this bullpen right yeah I mean just like heels making the case for staying in the rotation writings making the state, uh, case for being in this bullpen especially because now that we lost Luis Sessa mm. who I didn't expect to ever miss but hey 
that, that's a thing. Yeah. Um, the bullpen does need help, obviously. Like Cortez now, Nestor Cortez kind of moving into the rotation as of right now, at least. It's easy to see where he has a place, but even when they have to make these decisions, they, they kind of need to figure out a way to keep him on the on the major league roster just because he looks like he's ready to for the show. Yeah, and like this is a good problem to have because they are having some pretty good success with these middle relievers they got out of the trade deadline too because Clay Holmes and his sinker have looked pretty good and people are like what the hell are the Pirates doing which I guess is far for the course but Clay Holmes has looked great Joely Rodriguez a little less good but still he's had some pretty good pitches in there he's been fine yeah then you still got the main guys and they're you know Licky Green Loisica Britain in there too so they're you know hanging in there yeah and speaking of Litke, man, I'm surprised he stuck around this long and been actually pretty damn good. Like, yeah, he like low lights out, but low key, he's been very, very solid for a stay at home dad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's been, been a minute since we started the stay at home dad thing. But... Right, you mentioned him, so I, I found out I found a way to work that in. <laughs> Yeah, no, but the odds were probably that, you know, oh, nice story with Licky. He'll probably, like, you know, hang around the bullpen the first couple months. Then when Britain's back, he might go to AAA or something like that. But he's just hung there all year long. Good for yeah. him. And he's earned it, too. It's not just like, oh, what the hell are they doing? He's deserved his chances. Like, he's had a couple bumps in the road or whatever, but that's to be expected of anybody. Nobody's going to be perfect all year round, um, except for David Robertson, who they could have signed, but whatever. Um, <laughs> No, I'm not still mad. Why do you ask? Yeah, but the Licky, you know, I guess technically, like he allowed the Mariners to score on Sunday, but even that was just like if you if you allow two runs in the entire game, you should win the game. There was also an unearned run too because of no door error, so that didn't help. The offense just needed to do better, but we've already willed on that. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, and so overall, though, I mean, besides the bookending this past week with the annoying losses to the uh, Orioles and the Mariners. The offense has been pretty good for the most part this week. I mean, we talked about the 20, more than 20 runs they scored against the Orioles in those two days, but they came back in those games against Seattle. Um, Obviously Joey Gallo and his extremely awkward angle home run that probably shouldn't be a home run, but it was a home run kind of saved the day for them in one of those games, but it was still not a terrible, terrible performance by the offense, even though they were annoying, I think, in a lot of those games more than they weren't annoying, if that makes sense. No, it's still like a lot of instances, especially in the Mariners series of them not really capitalizing on a lot of opportunities until just the right moment. And again, like it doesn't matter exactly when it happens if you win the game, since, you know, the old Herm Edwards quote, they play to win the game. Well, they won the game. So it it only worked until it didn't. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, a win's a win no matter what. But like, I feel like earlier in this year, like the way the offense had played against the Mariners, like they probably would have lost three out of four to them just because like, I, I can't remember when they were ever like coming back or doing anything like that. But the fact that they did that in two of those games was still just like, to me, like a, a signal, like, okay, this team looks a little bit and feels a little bit different. So that's why I'm giving the offense just a little bit more slack than they probably deserve. Yeah. And I think technically the Yankees actually are among the league leaders in comeback victories. But it's mainly just because a lot of those comeback wins early in the season were not really like you wouldn't really think of them as comeback wins because they're coming back from like early deficits early on. So, you know, oh, it came back from like uh, losing two to one in the third to take a lead in the fourth. Oh, it's a comeback victory, you know. But but there haven't been very many late game comebacks the way that we've really seen over the past week. And I agree. Like that Andrew Heaney game, if that happened in like May, that would have been done. 
Sorry. <laughs> 100% over. <laughs> yeah. The only problem is that they're slowly losing more and more people to COVID, which transitions Yay. us to our next topic because, you know, after all the good vibes, they lost Anthony Rizzo and they had already lost Gary Sanchez and have been forced to play Kyle Higashioka and Rob Brantley more than they would have liked too. Yeah. So the COVID party as of right now stands at Garrett Cole, Jordan Montgomery, Anthony Rizzo, and Gary Sanchez. Did I miss anybody in that? No, that's it right now. But you know, hey, the, the day For is now. still young. We will see. Yeah. And like, I hate to say this as, but like, as bleak as it sounds, like I was kind of expecting an Anthony Rizzo COVID IL stint just because like we knew at least as of June, he was unvaccinated um, from when he was still with the Cubs. And yeah. just the way COVID's been go- going around the Yankees and like how they've been like, dealing with it more than other teams it just seemed like the numbers were not in his favor for that yeah hopefully he gets better soon is pretty much all i can say and obviously to the rest of those guys you know get better soon <laughs> yeah and again the thing is you just got to get the vaccine it's yeah <laughs> i, I know that you know i got to do my reading on it but can't yeah, and that's the whole thing like i i know anthony rizzo is a cancer survivor too so yeah like, that complicates he, things for sure yeah when he was saying that um he's got to look into it more i mean maybe it was because of that like he didn't know whatever that was going to do but like i mean just talk to a doctor talk to m- multiple doctors don't don't believe internet or youtube or whatever but anyway yeah. <laughs> i digress no yeah i mean we will say this once the people in the hospitals are the ones who are unvaccinated. Some vaccinated people can still get it, but they're not showing nearly as many symptoms, if any at all. So we right. will get our, all our soapboxes there. Please get vaccinated. <laughs> Again. <laughs> but, but outside of COVID IL news, I mean, we mentioned earlier, but uh, Aroldis Chapman hit the IL. Yeah. Um, Glaber Torres, we're probably going to find out more information, I would imagine, later today on Monday, probably after we're done recording. But, you know, he was taken out of the Sunday's uh, loss to the Mariners, in, I think in the ninth inning, but he's going for like an MRI on his thumb. So we'll see how serious that is. But I think even after the game, they were saying there was some concern there, which is never a good thing. Yeah, he hurt his uh, thumb diving into second on a stolen base that he pretty much had. But, you know, it's, it's always a thing about head first slides being riskier than feet first, but right. some people just do it. Like Brett Gardner has been diving into first base forever. And it kind of sucks, yeah. but, you know, whatever. I've always been yelling at Brett Gardner for diving head first instead of feet first. Like, bro, you're fast enough. You can make it. Yeah. Obviously, Glaber has been very frustrating this year. But if he needs IL time, then that is a problem because there is not much shortstop depth. We will be getting lots of Tyler Wade because if you put Gio Urshela at shortstop, then you're sticking with Rugnit Odor at third base, which it's okay as a band-aid measure right now, but he's not really a third baseman. And DJ LeMahieu can't play third base right now because of uh, some triceps problems. So that would be bad. Yeah, and even so, like, Gio Urshela is still t- on the IL right now. Yeah, like, he, he should be back on back. Wednesday, but still. Yeah. Update. Gio Urshela will now no longer be back on Wednesday. Womp womp. And, like, the fact that he was off with the hamstring issue and all that, so, like, do you really want him moving back and forth as much as he would have to as a shortstop compared to third base? Oh, not like, now. No. So, that can't be good. So, hopefully, Glaber Glaber's all right, because I don't want to see Tyler Wade there a lot. <laughs> Yeah, and don't really want to see uh, Andrew Velasquez either, who is uh, in AAA and would maybe be called up to take an infield spot. But yeah, not pretty. Update. Glaber has a sprained thumb. He's going to be on the injured list for at least the next 10 to 20 days. So here comes lots of Tyler Wade and Andrew Velasquez. Fun. But maybe they shouldn't have traded Hoy Park away, huh? How about that? Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) 
which again, we don't wish Hoy Park any ill will. We're hoping he succeeds, hope he does well, but like, I don't care. Yeah, and Clay Holmes is good. Roll with and it. Clay Holmes has been great. And, um, yeah, he, Clay Holmes has been good. It's fine. It's a perfectly okay trade to make. Yes, yes. I guess we should talk about some promising injury news because we already talked about Severino a little bit. Looks like he's on the comeback trail. And um, Corey Kluber, who people have understandably forgotten about since he hasn't pitched since basically right after the no-hitter. But he threw a simulated game, and he might be getting close to rehab starts as well. Excuse me, you may have forgotten about him, but I, the avid checker of the baseball reference top 12 page, has never forgotten about Corey Kluber. <laughs> it's true. He's just been there, you know, hanging out, because that's been the state of the Yankees this year. A whole bunch of... I- Random contributors between zero and one to war, and not a lot else except for the acceptance. (laughs) I will say, though, he did move down from sixth to ninth over the last week, which is, I guess, good news for the team that the guy who's been on the IL since was it May isn't the sixth on the isn't in sixth place on the team. So, yeah, I think that is good. That is good. Who uh, passed him? John Carlos Stanton is now num- at number six with 1.7 war. Nice. Chad Green behind him at seventh with 1.5. And then Kluber and Herman are technically tied with 1.4, but they have Herman listed as eight and Kluber listed as nine. Okay. Hey, maybe we will see some Corey Kluber in September. And it's dumb to plan what the starting rotation might look like because as if anything has proven to us that you should not plan ahead, it's 2021. But, you know. It could get very interesting with all the starters that are emerging. All I'm saying is the playoff rotation for when the Yankees win the division, which is 100% happening, happening has to be healed, followed by Cortez, followed by Tyon, then maybe Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole can be uh, the fourth starter. Yes. There's your top four. You you need four you need four starters for the playoffs, right? There you go. Done. Yeah, may Jordan Montgomery can be the lefty specialist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Lukies anymore, but Jordan Montgomery will be one. Damn it! Exactly, he will make it so. <laughs> yeah. And I would be remiss if we did not take this opportunity, just because there have not been many opportunities to do so this season. But we will take this opportunity to laugh at the Boston Red Sox, who have been utter shit for like past ten days, really. I've been like holding off on fully just laughing at them because like I don't trust the Yankees just well enough yet, but it has still been extremely enjoyable. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, exactly. (laughs) We got to take this moment when we can, because, you know, inevitably they will run off and probably be annoying against the Yankees when they play them next week and then go back to farting against the Detroit Tigers. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I still have them, like, penciled in as, like, the World Series champions this year just because, like, they're annoying and, like, underdogs or whatever. So wherever they make it to that's not World Series champions, I'll just be happy with. But, man, if they just completely collapse, God, that would be awesome. It's what they deserve. They don't... It's honestly what they deserve. This team... I mean, you'll even like on paper, you looked at their starting rotation. They should say like, that's the team's no business making to October, even if Chris Sale makes a comeback. And it looks like Chris Sale is going to make a comeback and that's going to be bad. But <laughs> yeah, somebody sneaks into the Red Sox clubhouse and puts like their older jersey, throwback jerseys in there. Then maybe he'll just like kind of regress there. <laughs> right, he's going to he's going to bubble over and rage. Oh, man. You know what I just realized? So he's supposed to start next Saturday and the Orioles have to deal with him. So, you know, Godspeed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, also probably makes sense. Like, what, what better team to have uh, Chris Hill come come back and make his first start against just to kind of get his feet wet again? Yeah, well, so, that's the same idea as uh, who should uh, Luis Hill make his major league debut against? Oh, okay, we can right. have Tals against the Orioles, and that's a very soft landing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, except for when Jorge Lopez turns into uh, Jim Palmer. 
man. But, yeah, I don't know if the Red Sox will actually regress out of the playoff picture entirely, but God, wouldn't that be nice? It would be beautiful. Yeah, I don't even care if he says, you know, sealing his fate. I don't even care if the Blue Jays run past the Yankees and clinch a wildcard spot ahead of them. I just do not need to see a Red Sox success in 2021. This is, yeah. no. Before the, before the Red Sox started to regress a bit or significantly, however you want to put it, I like was looking at the playoff picture and I'm just like, all right, I need the White Sox to keep the best record in the AL. So whoever between the Red Sox and the Rays end up winning out, we'll have to face Houston and... So this way, I just have to get rid of eliminate one of those three teams early on because I do not want to see the Rays. I don't want to see the Astros and I do not want to see the Red Sox do anything in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And hey, if Oakland wants to make a nice little comeback and topple the Astros off the AL West, be my guest, Sewer Kings. Do it. Do it. Yeah. Also, another thing I discovered this week, or rediscovered, I should say, the Yankees have to play the A's in Oakland at the very end of August. So that'll be that'll be a fun series. Four games. What could go wrong? Yeah, I think we talked about that last week, too. Like, which of these players are going to get Epstein Bar this year? Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> TBD. But, you know, it's it's fun just to talk about the playoff race again. Because, you know, for a while there, it looked like we might have just be like, oh, well, maybe they'll confuse the second wild card. And honestly, that's still probably the most likely scenario. Because I'm not sure if the Yankees will be able to catch Tampa. Tampa has been playing pretty well, even as the Yankees have. And Tampa has a very soft schedule the rest of the way. So they are in very good shape. Yeah, I mean, they would have to also just collapse in order to kind of lose their current position. But as much as I don't like the Rays, I'd still rather, I think, them yeah. like win the division than the Red Sox. Just oh, like, always. You don't get rewarded for trading away Mookie Betts, damn it. No, and I, and I hate that it's being like used as justification for like considering yeah. an Aaron Judge trade. <laughs> that and just even to justify them themselves, like, oh my God, look, we don't need Mookie Betts. Like, bro, like, imagine it's, if it, you had this team doing this well with Mookie Betts. Yeah, if huh? you had Mookie huh? Betts, maybe they would be tied with the Rays or better. And that's even with Mookie only having like a so-so season for Mookie, which, you know, a so-so season for Mookie is still a 144 OPS plus. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh not, my god what's happened to Mookie Betts he's just he's fine yeah he's still very good god I'm really glad he's on the Dodgers and I could just enjoy him and be like okay you're great yeah it, it's as much as like I don't like that as a representation for what is baseball now I'm just so happy as a Yankees fan to be able to enjoy him like you said yeah it's the same idea as like George Springer being on the Blue Jays now and of course the Blue Jays can sometimes be their own brand of annoying but I will take that every time over the Astros yeah yeah, as much as like the Blue Jays are are definitely annoying, I still have like very vivid nightmares from like 2015. I, I still prefer the Blue Jays over the Astros. So congrats, I guess. Yeah, we we've always been fans of you know um, maple syrup. <laughs> the Blue Jays, who have now officially returned to Toronto, at least. Yeah, yeah, that that'll be fun to actually see the Yankees play in Toronto again because it's been a long time. <laughs> been two years also uh yeah i know that they played better in buffalo this year than they did in 2020 but i'm still gonna be haunted by adam Ottavino just getting lit up in buffalo forever yeah and that's why he's on the red sox now that one game. Yeah. yeah well at least we are in a place now where the bullpen is not making me be like why don't we have Ottavino and whitlock anymore i mean obviously you'd still prefer to have that than you know when what exactly had to happen with justin wilson and darren o'day but whatever right. that's that's spilt milk at this point so all right we've uh, been rambling on a little bit about the uh, playoff picture <laughs> non-yankee scenes for a little bit so we will take an ad break and we'll be right back and we're back 
So do we have anything you also want to discuss or should we go on to our uh, meet a baby bomber? We can meet a baby bomber. Or meet All right. We have a, yeah, we have a very themed meet a baby bomber this week because the Yankees called up, well, three notable rookies after all the COVID replacements with Cole and Montgomery. We went over Luis Heal and he's actually had already been profiled on this. That makes sense. But we did not profile the other two. So they will be profiled today. And we've talked about one of them already and we haven't talked about the other, but one of them is much more notable. So I'll let you take it away with uh, Mr. Very Good, dude. <laughs> Yeah, so as uh, Andrew mentioned, if you haven't figured it out by now, for me, you'll be meeting Stephen Writings. He's a substitute chemistry teacher who throws 100. That's all you need to know. I'm done. Oh, okay. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I think Mr. Lucia did that too, but, you know, he just was a little modest about it, so. <laughs> but anyway, no, so uh, Writings was uh, drafted in the eighth round of the 2016 draft by the Cubs originally. He underwent Tommy John surgery and didn't make his uh, pro debut in rookie ball until 2017. He was meh in the minors uh, for the Cubs in 2017-2018. Then he was traded to the Royals in a minor league deal in 2019 and was, again, also very underwhelming there. With no minor league baseball season in 2020, that's when he was substitute teaching chemistry and uh, he also sold sports equipment on the side to, you know, make money, make an earning, which, you know, I guess good for you to figure for figuring out something uh, to do. But he also worked out with Eric Cressy, who's the Yankees director of player health and performance and also the president co-founder of the Cressy Sports Performance, where people might know that name just from Corey Kluber and a bunch of other Yankees connections. But after the Royals released him, Cressy sent video writings to the Yankees, who then sent a scout to watch him and writings added like 10 pounds of muscle and fat to get his velocity up to 97 to 100, up from the mid-90s. And the Yankees pretty much signed him right away just because they, they liked what they saw and saw potential there. And this year, you know, he started out in double-A Somerset where he had a .47 ERA in 19 innings with 30 strikeouts. He eventually earned a promotion to triple-A where in just he had a 2.70 ERA in 10 innings, 12 strikeouts. He's probably getting called up a little bit sooner than expected thanks to COVID, but the Yankees brought him up as a replacement player. And he's like we mentioned earlier, he's been very, very good so far. It's not just the fact that he's been scoreless. Like you said, it's how he's maintained that, what he's shown. You know, he has six uh, strikeouts allowed just two hits in those 3.1 innings and no walks. So the added velocity and, and better command have translated to almost immediate success in 2021. And like I said, like, or like we talked about, even when the COVID players come back, I feel like writings deserves a shot to stay up in the major league bullpen because they could always use a guy who's just dominant out of there. In addition to the help that they already have, like, you know, the bullpen has been in a good spot the last couple of weeks or last week or so, at least, but you can never have too many of guys who are this talented throwing a hundred and just doing their thing. Yeah. It's absurd really to see him <laughs> elevate his game the way he has and how he came from, as he said, basically nowhere to, Oh, well, uh, actually I'm throwing triple digits now and I got wicked movement. So we are going to see how far this goes. <laughs> and I will just mention that uh, a few days ago on, on uh, pinstripe Valley and Andre's profile writings too. So if you want a little bit more detail about, you know, what he's done and you know, his work, I would go check that out. Yes. Yes. Definitely something to check out for sure. Click our website. <laughs> yeah, Anders did some pretty good work on that. So No, no, absolutely. Yeah. So my dude is the other fella who was called up around the same time, Brody Kerner, whose name we have not brought up, but he also pitched in the August 3rd game where Luis Heal, Stephen Ridings, and Kerner debuted. And it was the first time that three Yankees pitchers debuted in the same game since September 26th of 1950. So 
it had been a minute, but it was the perfect opportunity for it. Yeah, so, there was nobody else left to pitch. <laughs> right, exactly. The bullpen was wiped, and they did a good job giving everyone the day off. So kudos. But Brody Kerner, he attracted attention at James W. Robinson Jr. Secondary School in Fairfax, Virginia. He was a two-time All-State selection and a two-time Regional Pitcher of the Year. Baseball America actually listed him at the very end of their top 500 draft prospects in 2012, but he's considered pretty unlikely to be picked since he was committed to Clemson. So sure enough, he went undrafted and he attended Clemson and, um, well, sucked. (laughs) That's a little mean. It's a little mean, but on the surface, the numbers weren't good. Across three years, he posted a seven ERA and 31 games with an 18-12 whip. And that didn't do him any favors either. But he did notch a 9.2 K per nine. And he had a low 90s fastball with a slurvy breaking ball that sat 80 miles per hour. So there were some tools there. And he pitched better in a summer wood bat league. So the Yankees rolled the dice on him in the 17th round of the 2015 draft. And uh, to Kerner's credit, he rewarded the Yankees by breezing through Pulaski and A-ball with a combined 1.56 ERA in 63 and a third innings from 2015 to 16. The high minor slowed him down a little bit, and he ping-ponged between Scranton and Trenton through 2018 and 19. He was showing that he could handle double-A okay, but Triple A was starting was giving him fits. He had a 5.63 ERA in 148 and two-thirds innings there. But After 2020, Kerner was brought back to AAA in 2021, and he finally seemed to find a groove. In 61 innings with uh, Scranton this year, he'd pitched to a 2.95 ERA, 3.94 FIP, and 12.62 WHIP. So they weren't like eye-popping numbers, but they were very good. And he had a 46.7% ground ball rate, which is one of the highest in AAA East. So when the Yankees were hit with this uh, bind with Cole Montgomery's COVID positives, it led to them giving the guys like Ridings and Kerner a chance. So he made his MLB debut. He pitched two innings, allowed one run, but he did the job and he hasn't pitched since. And he'll probably be one of the first people to go back down. I'd think just because he's not as exciting as Ridings, but he made it to the major leagues. And that's more than I think anyone expected. Yeah, definitely, definitely came out of nowhere to actually come here to make his major league debut this year. Cause like you said, it, it had not been a great story so far. Like, you know, double A was good, but the triple A sample size wasn't even like insignificant where you'd think like, oh, maybe he just needs to get, he just needs a little bit more time. Like he pitched a decent amount and was still struggling up until this year. So good for him. Yeah. And, you know, now I actually know how to pronounce his name because last week it was not positive, but I verified it. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) This has been the Kerner Kerner. If he becomes a thing, that will be our weekly segment on uh, Kerner updates. Yeah. All right, so should we move on to the Yankee Meteor of the Week? Yes, we should. Woo. All right. Yankee and <laughs> Mitre of the Week. Who is your Yankee of the Week? So based on you know, what we've talked about, I feel like you know the considerations for Yankee of the Week were probably obvious, but I'm going to go in another direction. I'm going to go ahead and go give it to Giancarlo Stanton. I like um, it. Kind of had a rough going post-All-Star break, but he need, and he needed a strong week probably more than anybody. But a uh, 400, 500, 560 slash line, you know, that'll make for a good week. Obviously, he only had one home run and one double. So the power is still kind of, you know, we're looking, we're still looking for that. But he had four walks and the, the clutch two out hit in the 10th inning on Friday to tie the game and keep the Yankees alive to allow mm-hmm. Brett Gardner's heroics in the 11th, which I didn't know that was a thing I'd be saying in, 2020, in August of 2021. But hey, no, John Carlos needed like a strong week. You know, we all know what he's capable of, what he's on. So, if this is the, the beginning of him going on one of his Stanton tears, I will absolutely take it. So he's rocking a mustache now. 
Yes, the mustache <laughs> rules. But it's yes. hard for someone like Stan to go under the radar just because of who he is and everything that's associated with him with the Yankees. But somehow he has over the last week. And I think it may just be because of like all of the, like, the trade deadline additions and uh, other people in the lineup getting more attention. But he's been very steady and like smashing some good opposite field lines too. So very nice to see. Yeah. I think the thing with Stanton is also like he's going to get a lot more attention when he's hitting home runs because like his home runs are still in my favorite home runs to watch just because he just absolutely demolishes baseballs. But, you know, with only one home run, like he's just been hitting, getting a lot of good singles to hit and whatever. So, which again, he's been absolutely just ripping those balls too. So I feel like he's coming around, but he's going to go a little bit unnoticed or underappreciated in that. And especially like you said, they've gotten Anthony Rizzo, they've gotten Joey Gallo. So the pressure's off of him, but also the tension's off of him too. Yeah, and I think it's nice for him to have a judge back in that lineup too to take some of that uh, pressure off as well. No, I mean, just as a whole, the team, like when they're fully healthy with the, the new trade deadline acquisitions, this team just looks a lot more balanced and complete than it had been pretty much all year. And lighter news, my Yankee of the Week will be a tie between Luis Heal and Steven Ridings, which is probably the other thing that you are considering, or at least just right, Heal. Yes. <laughs> no, it was both of them, actually. So, yeah, congrats. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to pick between them. I mean, obviously, Heels has been more important because they were actually starts and more innings. But, hey, Ridings, three scoreless innings, and he does not have the same prospect pedigree as uh, Heal. So we'll give them equal kudos here, even if Heal has technically been more important to it. But they've just been so fun to watch in the last week and i hope we get to see much more of them yeah i mean like heels probably definitely been the more quote-unquote important of them but i still feel like low-key writings end up might end up being the bigger contributor to the the 21 yankees just because like you could always find room in the bullpen and you'd rather keep heel if you're not going to let him start in the major league rotation you'd rather keep him starting in triple a but we'll see either way great great week and great debut for both those guys yeah, and I'm sure there's nothing ruling out the possibility that late in the season, if they have the absolute best case scenario and all their starters back, maybe you have heel as like a weapon in the bullpen too, which could be a lot of fun. Could give right. it just how how he makes how some batters look. Yeah, exactly. He just but, makes them look foolish. Yeah. All right. Who you got for Mitri of the week? So my Mitri of the week is going to be Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball. Yeah. Because they are disgusting and gross, and I don't like. So um, right before we got together to start recording the podcast today, news came out that Major League Baseball was working with Barstool Sports to come up with some sort of uh, new broadcast that focuses on in-game gambling. And I just hate everything about that sentence. But like in-game gambling, I don't like, but whatever. Okay, fine. Like I could, just because I'm not a gambler, but okay, I know that's a lot of people's thing. So fine, you're, you're eventually going to make your way towards that, just because you know that's the way the sports are going. That's not necessarily as bad, but you don't need to work with Barstool. I promise you, no. you do not need to work with Barstool at all. There's so many other things you can be doing with your life. That's such but, a garbage organization. <laughs> yeah, they they're just so problematic, and they they basically they exclude so many people from just their fandom or whatever they're they're just a huge turnoff um they obviously have a lot of issues with racism with misogyny with this with that it's just not an organization that major league baseball should be working with i don't even know how the, the person who brought it up as an idea wasn't just like laughed away but you know such as life in 2021 in major league baseball and obviously they're just looking at the money which unfortunately barstool sports is a very successful organization in that regard they do make money so that's probably why mlb is even doing this but you could you could do so much better just to do better yeah <sighs> that's all i got <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
Well, mine will be more a probably more boring Mitra of the week just because it's you know standard badness. But uh, <laughs> I got to go with uh, Anthony Rizzo on this one just because the combination. I mean, obviously he had the great opening series in Miami, but he very quietly has not done much since then. And then he tested positive for COVID because he's not vaccinated. And I know that there were some vaccinated people testing positive for COVID, but yeah, that's not part of the problem. <laughs> Yeah, do do better, Rizzo, please. <laughs> In yeah. both life choices and uh, baseball. Yeah, but. just just so that I have the actual numbers out there too, so people know I'm not just like throwing random crap out there. He hit 150, 174, 259 in the last week, and that was all before the COVID positive. So great. Yeah. Woo. All right. So on that cheery note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So that'll do it for us on the Pinstripe Alley podcast. The Yankees have been playing well. So hopefully they'll keep keep it up in this uh, series against the Royals. And then they got a big one against the White Sox. We'll have that goofy-ass Field of Dreams game on Thursday and then two standard games in Chicago. And that will be a challenge because the White Sox are freaking good. So we'll see. Yeah, they somehow did manage to sweep them earlier in the year. Inexplicable so that's when they, at this that's point when they that, this, that that happened. Well. <laughs> so let's see what happens. Yeah, that was like the high point of the early part of the season. And then after that was the uh, Kluber injury. So great. (laughs) (laughs) Everything went off the rails. (laughs) Yeah. But hopefully more good things will happen against the White Sox and Royals for that matter. You know, take care of business against them like they did for the Orioles. But I could see them being annoying, too, because I feel like that's in the Royals nature. (laughs) Yeah. All right. We'll see. You can follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. Where can people find you this week, huh? You can at me at MLB. Come yell at me about Barstool, please. Yes. I invite your <laughs> anger. I invite it. Tweet me. Tweet me. Tweet at me. Tweet. Very good. All right. So that'll do it for us. Take care. Bye-bye. See you.